presented by Baseline Times Media. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Views from the Baseline. I am your host, Shabal Kanhai. We are back again, episode two. So much has gone down in the sports world. Uh, I am joined by our longtime guest, uh, Bachelor, I guess you want to call him, Mr. Uh, Demario Jackson. He's here with me today, the only other t- uh, other uh, host there on the show with me today. So, uh, Demario, how you doing, man? It's been a little minute since we've uh, got on the pod here today. Yo, yo, what's up, man? What's up, everybody? Man, I'm doing well. Uh, damn, the NBA, the protests, the NFL, uh, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of great things that are happening in the world right now. Uh, you can choose to look at the negative side or the positive side, like myself. And uh, uh, what's his, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Jill Scott Heron said back in the day, the revolution will not be televised. And it actually is being televised. And I love it. I'm here for it. So shout out to all my brothers and sisters out there who are who are speaking out um, to all the police officers, to all of the different movements, to, you know, my queer people, my LBGTQ plus all my people just stand up, stand up for what you believe in. Like, you know, your voice will be heard. And I love it. I love everything that's going on. Yes, sir. So it's uh, Demario myself here on this episode. Uh, bring you guys just a little bit of what's been going on in the protest world here. Obviously, our president made some comments this past weekend. Uh, so much has gone down in different sports. It's just not football, but baseball. Uh, you know, we have a gentleman taking a knee there. The, the first time it's ever been done in that sport, from my understanding. Uh, support from the NFL, the MLB, you know, given these guys the right to express, you know, the, the freedom to express their rights, I should say. Uh, and, and beyond that, the NBA, man, it's a frenzy. Finally, it's crazy how a week or the week of training camp media day, Carmelo Anthony's traded. What took so long all all summer, literally. Uh, Dwayne Wade's headed to Cleveland with to join LeBron again. It's we we talked about this before the show how crazy this NBA season's gonna be. Uh, so we'll get to all those uh, opinions, thoughts, and reactions uh, from Demario and myself there. Uh, but just kind of getting into the whole the protesting tomorrow. I mean, we started on top of the show here, kind of talking about that. Uh, I, I think that. Uh, you know, obviously, obviously, our our president made some comments, and it just created a whole line of protests and different actions from different NFL teams on NFL Sunday. I mean, it was incredible. Like, I I, I woke up a little bit later in the day, just in time, you know, to catch my bucks at one p.m. And I'm like, man, the whole coverage was just about these protests. It wasn't even about hey, the matchups, this and that, who, what quarterbacks playing, what defensive ends playing this end or that it was just straight protest um and, and they televised a lot of the, the anthems um so each game had its had its anthem televised which was interesting everybody wanted you know h network wanted to show off it's you know what what's going on uh the, the pittsburgh steelers you know, we can start with them you know they opted to stay in the locker room except for one gentleman uh he came out you know he's an army veteran or so or so they say um the owners taking knees all the way in london uh, Mr. Khan taking a knee for the Jacksonville Jaguars, or or locking arms, I should say. Uh, so so much has gone on for those of you. Obviously, you kind of seen it by now. Uh, and Demar, what's your initial reaction and thoughts? Uh, of, you know, obviously stemming from the president's comments coming into NFL Sunday. How how do you feel? The number one question is: Is this right? Is it right or wrong for them to do this? Is it disrespectful to the flag to the military? That's what a lot of these Facebook commenters and Twitter's popping off about. 
How do you feel about no, that? No, it, it, it's not disrespectful to the military. Nobody's bringing up the disrespecting the military. Nobody's saying fuck that guy or fuck that girl. What they're doing is is they're bringing the awareness to what's going on. Like a lot of people don't know, the third and lost verse of this anthem celebrates the the capturing and killing of slaves. The guy who wrote this anthem was a slave owner. This was not made for people of color. Like a lot of people don't know that. This this isn't the only anthem I stand for is the Dipset anthem or the International Players anthem. Facts. <laughs> like I don't care about this anthem that this white man made when black people, people of color, women weren't even considered human beings. Like people get so like, put it this way. Do you know that if the flag is being held horizontal, that's a disrespect to the flag? Yeah. Do you know if you wear the, uh, you like, you know, like the flag as a piece of clothing, that's disrespecting? The thing is with these Bible-thumping, Bible-belt, kissing cousins who fly into the comment section on ESP and all these pages is that they pick and choose where they want to, you know, do certain things, you know? It's like, oh, well, well, well like, this is this, but we're going to, not look at this and this is this oh well you know people people don't talk about the killings in chicago this isn't about the killings of chicago like i don't go to an aids foundation and talk about cancer i don't go to your uncle's funeral and talk about my uncle's funeral you know like it, it's a time and a place for everything and i love how we're having these discussions i love how people are becoming more woke and more aware to actual things that are going on in the world uh you know i also love how a lot of people are starting to come out and uh, like LeBron was very vocal over the weekend and a lot of NFL players are very vocal over the weekend. Uh, you know, like today, even for me, uh, you know, I have, you know, a little bit of a following now. And I always said that for me, it's always about what you put out there into the world, right? The particular vibes right. and everything. And I have a large social following. So, you know, I wrote something on my personal Instagram that basically was like sending love to everyone, racist, religion, shapes, to those who are straight, queer, LBGT, uh, Q plus brown, white, to the men and women who've sacrificed, thank you. To the men and women who continue to speak out and fight against injustices, thank you. To the men and women who will not be silenced, thank you. To the men and women who will not let 45 divide us, thank you. And it's true. I feel like Trump, his whole thing has been about divide and conquer. It, it's, I mean, it, it's just as plain as that. He says things, he tweets things, he does things. He wants black versus white. And nothing is greater for me than to seeing my black, my white, my brown, my Simpson color brothers and sisters all joining forces and speaking out. This is wonderful. Like, this is the change that we all want to see in the world. Like, I just told my pop a few minutes ago, I said, in a weird way, Trump has been a blessing because he's actually bringing us together. And I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that point towards the end there. Uh, it's, it's a little ironic that all this is definitely kind of helping us uh, realize things and kind of come together. But I mean, just overall kind of going back to the protest itself, it's, look, people have the right to do this and express themselves. And I think we, we kind of get lost in what's right, what's wrong, but what what's what's the American value? And I, I'll say this, the day that you're required by law to stand up and bow down to any flag, statue, monument, that's the day that America's values are thrown out the door. That's the day that we sit every Sunday when this when, yes. when this anthem comes on. We sit you have every the freedom Sunday. to do that. We sit our fat asses down <laughs> on our couch with our fat wife and our little fat, ugly little buck tooth children. We sit down and like with our beer and like with our popcorn, with our peanuts. We don't get up for that. Come on now, like again, people they pick and choose. Like like you know they pick and choose. 
for me, it's much bigger than this anthem. It's much big. It's the awareness on what's going on in the world. You know, for like, I mean, for you to think, oh, it disrespects a military. No, the reason why Colin Kaepernick actually started kneeling is because that army ranger gave him, he said, look, we will be better off if you actually did this. He asked for permission. Permission. That's a fact. Shout out to Nick Wright for giving me those facts today. Like, that, like he up, asked Nick. for permission. If you speak to anybody who's in law enforcement, like my pops, you saw all the New York cops that were in favor of Colin Kaepernick. My pops been on the force for, I think, 23, 24 years. My uncle's been on the force for 25 plus years. My grandpa, FBI agent, was in the Marines, uh, was in the Vietnam War, is here for Colin Kaepernick. You know, it just so happens that the people who aren't here for him happen to be the people who get rednecks out in the summertime. They all look the same. Like, you know, they all look, it just, when you're, like, a lot of people don't realize your privilege, certain privileges. Like, you know, I often notice that, you know, for instance, like, you know, for my post on Instagram, it's it's Muslims who are here for, it. Uh, you know, men and women of, of color, whether they're Mexican, whether they're here or here. The only bad remarks are from white people from that Bible Belt. Like, and no disrespect, because there's a lot of good people down there. You're in the Bible Belt, kind of like the Florida area. But you're progressive. Like your family's from TNT. Like you, like your family, like came over here for a better way of living. Like your culture, you traveled, you, you've experienced things to where you're like, cool, that's my black brother, Demario. That's my, like, you know, we don't, we look at it as we're all, but those particular people down there, they're looking at it like, if you do this, you're this. And it's like, no, it's not about that. It's not about the anthem. It's much bigger than that. But you have people who will never be able to see, like you had a really good Facebook post today. And it's for, for you and I, this is common sense to have this conversation. I would like to call one of those people onto a show and like really speak with them and really get a chance to see like like what's their logic behind thinking. Like where did Colin say fuck the military? Where did Colin say right. fuck the Marines or fuck the army or fuck? No, he's never once. They people get upset because you know the Black Lives Matter protests. It might get a little rowdy. These are peaceful. These is no no nothing. They're just there. Just peacefully right. so it's like you're mad at that but then you protect the nazis who are running over people like how is that like that makes no sense to me that makes absolutely no sense to me how you could justify and say some of those nazi people are good people but then you say in that same sentence that the peaceful well, i'm sorry that the peaceful protesters are bad people like that's weird to me agree agree the, the only other part i would play devil's advocate is okay uh you know you guys are taking these. You're not uh, coming out in the locker room during the anthem. So what are you guys doing? You know, and playing devil's advocate is, hey, athletes, you're making all this money. You have this lifestyle. Um, what are you doing? Right. And we had the same conversation on the last episode with, with Marcus. You know, episode one, we talked about, OK, how effective are athletes going to be in today's world in these situations and scenarios? And I think that that's still a conversation. So if you're going to criticize something, don't criticize them taking the knee. Look, some of these guys are out living lavish lifestyles in the off season, right? Yeah, they'll put in some work and and, and perfect their craft, but here they are on a vacation, stunning out, you know, at a concert or something, you know, with their homeboys, nice cars and Instagrams posts, you know, like you could criticize those things at least before you know criticizing their free right to express, you know, to raise awareness. And I think that's the direction we kind of got, you know, at that episode. It's like, look. Back. You know, no one, these guys, yeah, you could take a knee, but hey, what are you going to do next? You know, Ray, the whole Ray Lewis memes, I mean, hilarious. The Ray Lewis oh, thing was hilarious. Oh, hilarious. But Ray Lewis, what are you doing? You know, are you still going to jump on 
you know, uh, whatever network he's on, Fox, and, and talk his shit and, and keep it moving, you know, it, you kind of question him from, you know, from that standpoint. So what are you really doing in the community? And honestly, some guys really are. They're really out there, uh, you know, doing, making a difference. Um, you know, you, you have guys, let's give him an honorable mention. You have guys like LeBron James who consistently every summer, yeah, he's doing consistent. something in his consistent. Ohio community, right? He's Huge. making a better place for the youth. And that, that's where it starts with, you know, it starts with Marshawn the youth. Lynch, Colin right. Kaepernick. You know, you have a lot of great guys. Uh, you know, both men and women, you know, in sports who do great things for the community. But it, yeah, here's what I'm for, uh, here's what's unfortunate is that a lot of these good deeds go unnoticed because we live in a negative society. Like we live in a society right now where, Chev, you can go donate your whole next paycheck to your high school. Right. And, and, I mean, and your paycheck can only be four thousand bucks. Let's say you'll have people who will read the article about you donating your whole paycheck and they'll go. He only donated four thousand dollars. Right, like you know, like it's 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 nuts. You like you know, I just read the other day that the Migos raised like five hundred thousand dollars for something, and and everybody in the comments were like, they only raised this, they only raised that. What are you doing? Like, like how are you contributing? You know, so like it, it sucks, and and like what also sucks is that sometimes these stories get un- just just get thrown under the rug. I remember Allen Iverson, some kid was murdered because he didn't want to give up his Iversons a few years back and Iverson paid for the kid's funeral. But that didn't get big headlines. But what would get big headlines is that if Allen Iverson was in the strip club, got drunk and hit a stripper over the head with a bottle, then that gets headlines. Yeah, it's like, oh man, like, oh, NBA player gets, but it's like, yo, we need to start really, uh, like, uh, unfortunately it'll never happen. Because if like bad shit sells, I mean, like look at my situation this summer. <laughs> like you know, it's so right, right, it right. just was black man, white woman, cool. It's a it's a fucking fire. People didn't even care. It, all they saw was black and white. So that's the world that we live in. I would like to one day be a part of the change. Uh, I, I'm trying my hardest, like by using my voice, by trying to you know. And it's very disheartening because you have guys like you and I who can discuss this, and it'll reach our following. But for the most part, our following kind of, in a sense, it thinks like us. I wish that this podcast can go live in a Arkansas, like, population, five people. Like, you know, those are the people who right. need to, you know, who need to listen to this. Like, our viewers, for the most part, we all kind of think the same, give or take. You know, like, we might not be 100%, but give or take. But I want to be able to reach to that, you know, to that seven or eight-year-old who's beginning brainwashed by his parents that black is whack and Mexicans need to go back to Mexico. And we're just explain to them, like, we're all humans at the end of the day. Like, let's, like, you know, like Biggie said, you know, spread love is the Brooklyn way. Like, why not spread love and positivity? Right, right. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, kind of, you know, moving through some of the uh, other other subjects here is the NBA coming up here. Uh, last, it's interesting because last year we kind of discussed this and, um, what happened was, you know, obviously the NFL starts first, so they get to kind of show off their protest. The NBA, uh, and in fact, Adam Silver kind of was very uh, unsupportive of the Warriors. I guess if you want to say they turned down the invite, whatever, whatever, whatever way you want to twist that. Uh, you know, he was he said he was disappointed. He came out and said, you know, openly, I'm disappointed a little a little bit in the the situation there about the Warriors not going to the White House. Uh, you know, in a sense, you can look at it as their protest. So, you know, I think that the NBA has a little bit more clamp on the situation. You might see some things of locking arms in the NBA. Uh, I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, they may, somebody, some of the guys might just give up and say, look, 
I don't care. I had my right. You know, you find me what you do, what you want. I mean, now it's a fine line. I think that it's such a big, bigger deal. And last year, I thought it popped off. I no doubt I thought it popped off. This year, it's, it's popped off even more that Trump is president. Yes. And I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the NBA, of course. Um, you know, we talked about uh, the SPs, right? With Melo or, or sorry, CP3, LeBron, Wade on stage. Um, I guess it was Mel, whoever else it was. And what became of that, right? And, and nothing really became of that. So, again, it starts with some of those guys. You know, LeBron made his comments about calling Trump a bum, things like that on Twitter. Um, I mean, Demar, how do you, how do you feel about the NBA now? It, it, they're kind of like this—the last leg because the MLB is in session, and, and NFL has their thing going on. Uh, based on you know Adam Silver's comments and what you know about the league. I think it's going to be popping. I think the NBA, the NBA is the most, how do I phrase this? The most black, <laughs> like, you know, the most black inner city, urban friendly out of the three leagues. As far as, I mean, like the NBA players, they run the league, the NFL, the owners run it. Like the NFL, if I want to wake up tomorrow as an owner of the NFL team, I can straight up, I can be like, you know what? I don't want Eli Manning as my quarterback. I can cut him, you know? Right. The NBA is a lot different. The players have a lot of power, like a whole lot of power. You know, the NBA, I believe I'm reading a stat right now, the demographic 74% African-American, NFL 68%. Funny, NASCAR has four black drivers in the whole history. That's actually funny. But I feel like with players, the thing about LeBron and what I like about him is that he is kind of like doing what Jay-Z is doing right now. LeBron's self-made. LeBron's going to, like, LeBron is you know, he's built his empire. So now what he can do is he can have like one of my favorite Jay-Z quotes is, and I cannot help the poor if I'm one of them. So I got rich and gave back to me. That's the win-win. So my favorite, favorite, favorite quotes, because it's true. LeBron's at the position now to where LeBron is a walking, talking, soon to be billionaire brand. Like he's a brand and he's done so much for the community as a father to where he can risk, quote unquote, he can do what Kobe and Michael never did. Kobe and Michael were pawns. They, I, I think Michael spoke out on injustices twice, and it was this year, and that's because they were threatening the Jordan brand, threatening to boycott him. Michael doesn't care about black people. He's never cared about black people. He's, Michael is a god in Chicago, and he spoke out on the Chicago killings one time, one time, ever, ever, because he's controlled by a white man. And that white man was going to say, hey, little nigger, sit your ass down. LeBron's different. LeBron controls the white man. So LeBron can speak out on these particular injustices. So I feel like that LeBron will set that precedent. Like LeBron is the OG of the NBA right now. Like we, like, you know, we don't have Kobe. We don't have Duncan. We don't have KG. We have Bron. And I feel like when LeBron James talks, people listen. People like the John Walls, the Steph Currys. And that's what's great about this new NBA is that LeBron, Wade, Melo, they're not afraid. And I'm interested to see. A few months ago, I was a little indifferent because they kind of went ghost a little. Remember, like, last person was like, Air Gardner, I can't breathe or right. whatever. Right. All of a sudden, last year was kind of quiet. So I like, so I feel like that cap kind of took that steam. And now NBA players are like, yo, our voice needs to be heard. Put it this way. I think in 25 years, Kaepernick will be something like an MLK-ish. Like, I, I, just, I just feel it. Like, I mean, I feel like, Cap was put here to be something that we need. Like, we need a guy. Like, we needed him to sacrifice in order for us to see, like, holy shit. 
You know, I feel like right, Cap is right. that guy. 25 years from now, we're going to be like, wow, remember that NFL guy who had a decent start to his career, faded off, but then he became this insanely critically acclaimed poet, author, activist. Like, I just feel like he's going to do some great, great, great things. And I feel like this is the start of something that's going to be massive. Yeah, I, de- I definitely uh, can see the steam kind of blowing the cap off for the NBA, and I agree with it. It's the MLB, the NFL, they're in support of their players expressing their rights. I mean, for the NBA to come in behind that and really say, hey, don't do anything or else we're going to give you a little fine. You know, it's a very fine line this year. You know, last year I think they could have got away with it, but I think this year it's a very fine line and something that they have to kind of, you know, recognize um of course i think i think they have better you know they have a better relationship from a player you know league office standpoint you know with with adam silver of course uh the players and, and roger goodell definitely don't have the the greatest relationship so i think that helps the nba of course kind of seems to get some kind of resolution and, and the nba is kind of i would like to say one of the most progressive leagues um out of the major sport sports league so oh, yeah uh, i think that's definitely you know good for good leverage for them at least with the players um, but yeah, I mean, of course, it, this whole thing is unfolding. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a storyline all season long. I mean, it, it might die down. The comments might blow over from the president. Things might die down. Players might continue to kneel. Um, but at the end of the day, look, man, they, these guys have their rights to do what they, they please. Uh, just like if you want to go wave Nazi flags and Confederate flags in North Carolina or wherever, Charlottesville, go do it. But understand there's consequences to it. Obviously, you know, the NFL isn't taking any action. But there's consequences to your actions. Um, you know, some of those guys who, you know, were in Charlottesville, think about this. I mean, they, they, they're they free to do whatever they want, right, today, whether or not they stood up with pitchforks and things like that, right? Uh, Correct. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't something I agree with, or maybe you, DeMario, or most of the world, or the rest of the states, but that's just the reality of the United States of America. And no, here's to be a thing. hypocrite, my, you yeah. know, against I mean, it, my, it's terrible. Yeah, here's, my, I mean, here's my thing with that. Is that it, as long as it's peaceful, you can peacefully have a fucking racist fucking march. That's fine. That, that, you like, can. Okay, cool. Like, you really your can. Do your, do your thing. But then when it gets violent, that's when it's different because you have Trump and company who just kind of like wiped, like under, I'm sorry, like wiped like the violent part under the rug. And they're like, oh, well, they're good people. They're this and they're that. But then you have a guy like Cap who's super, super peaceful. And the whole world is like, up in arms and i'm like wait a minute these motherfuckers just marched through a fucking college campus with tiki torches <laughs> and blow torches and they're running over people and and it's fights and all this crazy shit right but you guys are mad at the black guy with the afro who's peacefully doing this that's crazy to me like that makes absolutely no sense and that's why i'm so angry is because i'm like you can't be mad at this guy for peacefully for years they said Oh, you know, like, you know, be peaceful, be peaceful. He's doing it peacefully and they're still upset. And that just, it just grinds my gears. Like it makes me like very, very just livid. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, DeMario, we have officially Carmelo Anthony in a new destination, in a new city, kind of some of the same colors, orange and blue. Uh, Carmelo Anthony traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder in exchange for Enos Cantor. Doug McDermott and a second round pick in 2018. Um, this is a trio out west. Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo, of course, joins those two all stars. 
Um, man, what took so long? <laughs> what took so long? That's just my question here. But um, finally, we have him in a different city. Now, one of the things is to start this off tomorrow, I just want to say I love Sam Presti. I just love the guy. Uh, first of all, you turned Victor Oladipo into Paul George. You turned uh, Enos Cantor into Carmelo Anthony. You don't really lose much. Um, you stay with the arms race out west. Probably a little bit better than Houston, just getting Chris Paul. Um, probably some depth that I think they still might need to work out and see how that goes. But, wow, what an incredible trade uh, for Sam Presti. So my hat's off to Sam Presti. Sam Presti's a legend. The summer. Like, can I just like, can I like, just, I'm sorry to cut. Like I, for you to get Paul George and Mello for Oladipo and Canada, like that, no lie. I saw that. It was like back in the day when Jermaine Dupree was dating like hot Janet Jackson. <laughs> like it, it's like when Jay-Z got Beyonce, you're like, I could have did that. Like for other teams, not, I like, I lost it. I'm thinking, like, are you serious? You got Mello and Paul George for nothing. Absolutely nothing. That was amazing. Like, will they work together? That's another story. But just, Presty, what is he saying? Like, it, it kind of reminds you of, like, uh, so you know our boy Chris Cromier. He always hustles people in our fantasy league. <laughs> like, Chris is the, at one point last year, I think Chris had, like, Westbrook. He had, he basically had, actually, he had the Thunders team. He legit had Westbrook, Paul George, but like DeMarcus, but who he was trading for. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you saying in these DMs? Like, what are you saying? You're like the greatest <laughs> GM ever. Pressy, what are you saying in these? I mean, I, I thought it was a joke. I remember I saw him like, wait, wait, Kander for, for Mello? Like, what? I'm thinking, like, wait a minute, Houston didn't have a better offer than that? Uh, the Cavs didn't have a better offer than that. Portland didn't have a better offer than that. That was crazy. Like Presti, Presti gets some major, major points. It, it, here's here's the crazy part about it. it. It's the summer after you lose KD. But here, you know, my conspiracy theory is a lot of these teams are like, look, that's pretty fucked up what KD did to you guys. So uh, let's just feed you guys here. Um, you know, think about it. We, we had the same, same discussion back when Indiana made a trade. You know, it was like, okay, well, you only took on Oladipo. Um, for Paul George, and you gotta wonder, like, couldn't Danny Ainge giving you a better deal for Paul George? Now we're kind of having that same conversation with Bell. I think it's kind of funny. Just this is a wild conspiracy theory, but either either or, you know, looking at the summer after losing Kevin Durant, you beef up with Carmelo Anthony and Paul George. Wow, I mean, yeah, obviously, Katie going to go and say helps the landscape of the NBA change, and you see Chris Paul in Houston and. Gordon Hayward and Kyrie now in Boston, but I mean, wow, it's it's incredible. I think this season is going to be amazing. I love the move, though. I, I've been a personal, you know, personally, I've been an OKC fan. Um, on the low, just loving the city, loud city. The fans, they're incredible. Uh, so I'm happy for those guys. I'm really happy for that city uh, to see them recover like this in, in one summer. Um, talking about the dynamics of the team here, though, Demario. <laughs> Uh, you had a really interesting graphic uh, that you did send me uh, here uh, via text message about the worst shooters in the fourth quarter, I believe it was. Um, last under six two years. Minutes, the last six years. Four, the top four, the worst shooters in the league, in the clutch, for the last, what, I believe I said, uh, what was it, the last six years. 
last six seasons. You know yep. who they are? Last six seasons. Paul George, Kobe Bryant, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook. This team looks great. This team is like a like a 2017, 2018 Tesla with no engine. Like it looks good <laughs> on the outside, but this team, they like we live in a three ball era, right? Where people shoot Paul George is their best three-point shooter, and he, he just shoots 37%. You got Melo, who's at 34%. Russell Westbrook is at 31%. They're all streaky shooters. Car- Carmelo can't play defense. He's an aging superstar, which is one of the worst things ever. You got Paul George and Russell Westbrook, who both have that MVP, me, me, me mentality. Paul George already said it for the second straight year, I want to win MVP. That's the difference between like a LeBron and Steph ran team and a, like this type of team. LeBron and Steph, they don't care about fucking MVPs. They care about winning championships. You know, when have you ever heard LeBron go, I'm going to go into the, I'm going to win a, cha- I'm going to win an MVP. They don't care about that. This team has, they won't be able to spread the floor. Like, it, it, you know, it's it just a very, it, it looks good on paper. It, you're like, oh, wow, you got Westbrook and you add these two great pieces. But I see them probably third, probably fourth best team. I don't see them better than, you know, Golden State or better than San Antonio. I see them kind of going neck and neck with Houston, but I just feel like that there's better balanced teams out West. And at the end of the day, when it's, you know, when it's go time, I just don't see Westbrook giving up the ball. I see a lot of confusion. I see a lot of chaos. Hopefully hoodie Melo can come. They can get him that new, you know, hoodie and he'll be able to rock it out there <laughs> right, and right. ball. But I don't know, like, I really want to like this team because I like all three players. Right, right. But I feel like, I feel like, it's just, I don't know, it's so weird. I almost feel like that, like, Melo would have been better off in Portland and, like, if they would have tried to, I don't know, it's a really weird dynamic. You know, like, what do you think about the team? You know, like, like how are you looking at I, it? I think the biggest question, you know, the shooting, the three-point shooting is a big, big deal. Um, To be fair, to play devil's advocate, Westbrook's kind of been lonesome for the most part last year. Uh, Paul George, we know he was the only one really in Indiana as, you know, the offensive player. Uh, you know, Melo was stuck in New York, carrying the offensive weight for that team. So I think, you know, give, giving them a little break on, you know, some of the shooting numbers to carry a lot of the offensive load lately. Um, kind of seeing how now, you know, one of the most things, most important things Billy Down has to do, though, is make sure that these guys are open. And when they're open, the shots are efficient. I think, you know, you have, <laughs> I mean, they're good shooters, right? When they're open, they're incredible scores. Paul George, Melo, right? Westbrook. This is going to put a question mark. This is my biggest question mark on Westbrook's career now is to see how he can play alongside two superstars and improve not only himself, but his team. Because I think that we do give him a lot of flack for not really improving the team in a sense of, hey, Westbrook, you know, remember one of the games in, in the um, first round, he just shot the shit out of the game and the end of the fourth quarter and, you know, they end up losing the game, right? So I think the biggest question mark is really evaluating Westbrook as a holistic player now. It's like, great, you got the triple-double, you won the MVP, but now here's a different path and a different process for you, Westbrook. How are you going to make Carmelo better? How are you going to make Facts. Paul George better? You know, Facts. that's going to be the biggest... And you're a point guard. That's the biggest question mark that you're going to have uh, hanging around him this season. So I think that he's got he's to make some adjustments to his game. Um, you know, we cannot see any of these games where he goes up and chucks up... a a shot and it's contested and you have Paul George and Carmelo off to the side. We absolutely cannot see that at all. Billy Donovan's got to avoid that. Russell Westbrook has to be smarter. You have two great players 
side by side and just holistically at the team looking at the, the roster here um you know uh, i like jeremy grant um he's good he's a good player they picked up raymond felton to kind of back him up i love that um, you i know, love that the, you, you lose canter uh but i love steve adams he's a bruiser he's gonna rebound the ball uh i think he's a guy that can you know keep up with the up and down pace so he's a guy that, that's not gonna be lost in the shuffle good good defender um Andre Robertson, Andre Roberson, excuse me, is going to be there, you know, kind of go-to guy to kind of relieve, you know, Melo, uh, uh, someone defensive. End. And here's the thing, look, Melo, Melo can be a third option on this team. Yeah. So oh, I, yeah, I think I think that opens up the window for him to kind of lax a little bit on the office, offensive end to kind of focus mm-hmm. on that rebound. They're going to have to rebound. I think they're a little bit small of a team. Um, you know, Steven Adams is a six foot, uh, sorry, seven foot, excuse me. Uh, you know, the next guy coming in seven foot is Dakar Johnson. Who knows how much PT he'll get. So I think they're a small team still. So, you know, Rustbrook plays large. He plays like a, a damn <laughs> center, you know, re- that should be rebounding 10, you know, rebounds a game. So I think that that's going to be the most interesting part of this team and dynamic. Although the game is smaller, you know, Houston, Houston plays small, Golden State plays small. Um, you know, San Antonio has LaMarcus Aldridge down in, in the five spot. So he plays, he, he plays, he, LaMarcus, don't even bring him up. He plays like <laughs> fucking. I mean, he's he, don't even get me started on that fucking <laughs> so, two rebounds again. That that terrible excuse for a power forward. Yeah, I I, th- I, I like the team so far. I, it's going to be really interesting because look, you know, Melo just joins the mix, and it's going to be really interesting. You have to start a training camp, so it wasn't like these guys. Were, well, let me not say that. You know, Westbrook and, and Melo did ball up in um New York. You know, so they they did have some time together. But I mean, looking at you know the rest of the guys, what about the, your your other guys on that Thunder team? Um, they signed Isaiah Cannon, which I really like him as you know backup point I love guard. Isaiah Cannon. So yeah. yeah, I like that as a backup point guard. We'll, we'll see. I, mean, I I I love the Thunder. I love the organization. I love what they've done so far. Um, they I just want to see need if, rebound and defense. Yeah, I mean, I just want to see if my guy Westbrook, if they can complement and make each other better. You know, that's my biggest fear. Like I always like last year, I, I went on record of saying there's 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 like a few guys in the league who I kind of bunch into the like one particular category and two of them now happen to be on the same team that's Melo, mm-hmm. it's uh damian lillard and paul george like they are all great individual players but they don't make anybody around them better like i'm always set that like Melo, i feel like Melo was a better leader at syracuse as a freshman than he's ever been in the nba like think about this Melo couldn't make the playoffs in the east in the fucking east there's teams like 50 games under 500 making the playoffs Agreed. And this guy couldn't make the playoffs in the East. Like, he just has no – it's like no leadership. Like, right now, I'm like – obviously, I'm watching my New York Giants just shit the bed, right? And for me, I'm living at Eli because I'm like, bro, you are the leader of this team. What the hell did you do? And, the, and the, like, what you do on the offseason with your team, this team is trash. Like, for me, Melo was 31 games, 31 and 51 last year. Like, hasn't made the playoffs in, what, like four or five, three, four or five years? I mean, so – he really doesn't have that much leadership. And he's an aging, nothing's worse than an aging superstar. There's nothing worse than that. Because Melo, in his eyes, probably thinks that he's still like prime Melo, Denver Melo, right. and he's not. So then you're going to bring him on a team with Russell Westbrook, who, you know, obviously, I mean, you know, he has a Russell Westbrook, he has like the me mentality. And then you have Paul George a few days ago, was like, I'm going to win MVP. You know, these, like, I, I don't think that they complement each other. I just feel like that it's like a lot of me's on this team. And yeah. there's no really leader. Like, who's the leader? Like, is 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 Westbrook at 28? Is he a leader? Oh, not really. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say Westbrook's a leader. You know, I, I wouldn't say that he isn't a leader, but he's not. I, I'm not really. You know, they don't have a Chris Paul. They don't have a LeBron. You know, they don't have right, right. you know a Steph Curry. You know, 
And I just, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be a very interesting, like think about it, year one, the Cavs, it took them to like a little over the all, half the all-star break for them to kind of, I'm sorry, uh, but uh, a year one Miami, it took them to after the all-star break for them to kind of mesh a little bit. And they have great leaders, but I just don't see, I don't know, man. I just, and like, I love, I mean, I really, really, really love it. Like, I feel like that if in the clutch, if it's a game seven and you have those three guys out on the you know, floor and they're meshing, they can fucking win a championship together. But the big question is, are they going to mesh? I just don't see that. Yeah, absolutely. Biggest question mark. And they're going to have to make adjustments to their game. Melo's going to have to understand, you know, look, you're aging. Um, I think that the role players compliment them. They do have a little bit of like the veterans like Nick Collison, uh, Patrick Patterson, they picked up and signed him to kind of replace that Todd Gibson power forward role. Um, you know, beyond their young guys. So I think they have some veterans off the bench that's good to complement a lot of what's going to happen with this team. But again, Billy Donovan's got to find a way <laughs> to really discipline Westbrook. Uh, I mean, he love his motor. Um, and you're absolutely right. You know, who's going to be the leader here? I think they all kind of just join together and say, okay, hey, we're doing the super team thing. We're, we're, we're three all-stars. You know, let's go out and do it. Um, it's going to say a lot, though. Yeah, that question mark is going to say a lot. And if they can overachieve and really overcome that, uh, DeMar, I think, yeah, definitely definitely a, a true, legit contender. I'll agree with that. Um, I'm probably giving third best out West so far. Uh, maybe just, just the edge on Houston. Just, I don't know. I, I really like Houston and their dynamic, Um, you know, not to get too much into them. But that's, I'd say yeah, third well, best. Definitely- no, we'll definitely have to like you know really dive into that. Like, I can't wait till we do our you know season preview. Of course, of course, uh, of course. to kind of you know like that's gonna be a really good episode just for the fact that we'll be able to kind of dive a little bit deeper. The thing I like about Houston more is their leadership, like a guy like a Chris Paul. You know, I I, I think Chris Paul is a great leader. Uh, unfortunately, some of his playoff like you know fuck ups it kind of happens. But as far as leadership, like you won't have a Chris Paul team that's gonna be sloppy. You won't. You'll never see. Well, well, like, what's crazy, I always say, like, what's beautiful about this era of basketball is we all know John Wall is my favorite point guard in the league. But what I love about all, like, you know, what I love about, like, the, I mean, let's say, like, the top five point guards. Let's say, like, okay, like, Russell Westbrook, Steph, Chris Paul, let's say John Wall, and what, like, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie, whatever. Let's say out of all those five, they're all so different. Like, it, it's all in what you like your point guard to do. If you want traditional, old school, OG, you got like a Chris Paul type guy, like a John Wall-ish. You know, Chris Paul can shoot better. John Wall's gotten a better. If you want like a, you know, just like a three-point shooting, not really like a passer because Draymond Green is more of the distributor, then you go with Steph. If you want like a guy kind of do everything, kind of fill the stat sheet, shoot you out of games or shoot you into games, like that Orlando, like, you know, game winner, shout out to the Magic. You know, you have like a Russell Westbrook. So it just all depends. Me personally, I like my point guard to be more of like that Chris Paul, John Wallish, because they provide not only leadership, but quality defense. Right. And I feel like with a guy like Russell Westbrook, as much as I love him, like remember, what was it, three, four years ago? Like, I remember I declared, I was like, yo, he's probably like my new favorite player in the league. Like, I love him to death. Like, I literally love Russell Westbrook to death. But would I want him leading my team? Probably not. Because I don't, I just, ah, I mean, he's too much of a hot, he's like Sonny Corleone. He's too much of a hothead. You really don't know where you're going to get out of Westbrook, you know? He can have that game where he's just nailing shots and he's like 10 for 12 shooting. Or he can have that game where he's 10 for 50 and you're like, what the fuck? But it's going to be interesting because now he has pieces and he has no excuses. All right. Well, moving over to the east side, some things have definitely happened. Uh, Kyrie Irving is officially a Boston Celtic. Isaiah Thomas is out in Cleveland. 
and officially joining Cleveland will be an old friend of LeBron James, Mr. Dwayne Wade. Uh, so today, Dwayne Wade agreed to a $2.3 million one-year deal uh, to play with the Cavaliers. So he cleared waivers with the uh, Chicago Bulls, and um, we all saw this kind of coming. I mean, it wasn't really no surprise. You know, it's those guys are our buddies, man, Wade, Wade and LeBron, and um, reunited, and it feels so good. Good old buddies, wow. uh, Demar. I know you. Uh, wow, might, must wow, have wow, chills. Wow, wow, wow! Just... wow. It, it was. I mean, <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, what's this going to be? Part four of the Cavs and uh, Cavs and uh, Warriors. What's this? Part four, right? It'd be part four. It, it would be. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I mean, it's. Put it this way, man. I think for the first time in his career, Derrick Rose is going to have somebody on his team that's better than him and that's going to push him. Like, I feel like, like I always say, like, and not only just being like a LeBron stand, but there's, there's no better teammate in, than LeBron. There's no better motivator than LeBron. Like, you look at, like, remember, remember J.R. Smith, remember before he came to the Cavs, how he had, like, issues of drinking and partying and, like, fucking chicks and coming in the late and being drunk at game. Like, remember, like, he had all those issues. What's happened since then? He comes to the Cavs. He's a family he man. NBA champion. He's a family man. Like, like, think about that. Like, that's the LeBron impact. I think that Derrick Rose, he has a lot to prove to everybody. We all know Absolutely. that. His back's against the wall. He got a shady contract. I mean, Solomon Hill is making more than Derrick Rose. Solomon fucking Hill is making more than my boy D. Rose. Like, that's humbling. You're a former MVP. You're, you, have, you had a shoe that sold, like, six pairs. But so what? You had a shoe at one point. And solid Tyler Johnson is almost everybody in the league is making more than this guy right now. And I feel like with the addition of Wade and like with the Isaiah Thomas, you know, injury, when you have Rose, Wade, Braun, Love, Tristan, you could bring in Jay Crowder, you could bring in Corver Fry, Jeff Green, Jefferson. I mean, they're deep. And what's good about this team is that you could tell that LeBron had his hand in this because it's calculated to balance up against Golden State. <laughs> like, I, like that's you know, like it, it's when you can bring LeBron, when you can have LeBron, Crowder, and and Wade on the wings playing defense, and you can have it, and you can kind of have Kevin Love out there versus like the Zaza or like whatever. Like this is a this team is, I think the biggest move of the year for the Cavs is getting Jay Crowder. I here's the thing I wanted to ask you is especially you know being as big as LeBron fan, it, it seems to me after this Wade move tonight today, it seems like. The older LeBron gets, I mean, he's getting older, obviously, but it seems like as, as his career progresses on, his team just gets better and better and deeper and deeper. Is that, is that something you would agree with, just as a, a general statement, just seeing 100%. I, what's happened? Here's what I, here's the thing. Like, LeBron didn't really start it because there's always been victories and stuff, but LeBron started it. Let's just say he started it in 2010. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, like when he started it, it was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But now you have all these big threes with all these deep benches, and then Golden State took it to the next level by adding the second-best player in the league to a 73-win team. So now it's like this is chess. I've always said LeBron Ramon James plays chess. He's, he's, he's a chess player. Even when he doesn't win, like this past year, he's playing chess. He watched the Golden State Warriors destroy them 4-1. They, like, ran train on them. And he went, and him and Dan Gilbert, they looked up the, the trades. When, and, like, the Kyrie – like Kyrie coming out and saying he wants that actually was actually a gift for them because then you get Isaiah Thomas, who's the equivalent to Kyrie, let's say, give or take. Like I always have them as like 
the fifth, sixth best point guard in the league. It just kind of depends, you know, you give or take. And then you get Jay Crowder. I, I, Jay Crowder is the hidden gem in this. He I locks agree, I agree. Up on the wing. He is a defender. Like, he does the dirty things. And when you can have Jay Crowder that can play defense against, let's say, like uh, Clay or let's say a KD or put him on Steph, that's that like that's what they were missing. They were missing that. And Jay Crowder can score as well. He's a much better defensive player and scorer than Shump. Because Shump, he was kind of like a Tony Allen last year. It was like, ah, oh, you're not going to hit anything. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very, 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 very extremely interesting. I'm super pumped for it. I am here for it. I, and I think I think the Isaiah Thomas injury and the time he needs kind of it really does help Derrick Rose kind of get a little bit more in in sync with the Cavaliers. Uh, hopefully nothing happens to him towards the end of the season or in midseason. Uh, it gives him a time, gives him some time to really settle in with LeBron, figure some things out. Have, and he's a veteran. He's a veteran guy. He's going to understand, look, Isaiah Thomas is going to come back. And Isaiah Thomas is going to do his thing. Um, Against some of the smaller lineups, though, you could you could see Derrick Rose at the shooting guard. You could see Isaiah Thomas at the point guard. You got two dynamic guards that can just take you off the dribble and just do whatever. Meanwhile, you have who in the corner? Probably Kevin Love. LeBron James. You know, there's Channing Frye in the rotation. There's a three-point shooter right there. Oh, and by the way, I let you guys know they re-signed Kyle Korver, so one of the you know best three point shooters in the league right now is sitting in the other corner. So I, I love the dynamic of this team. It's it's very deep. Um, pause. And this this pause, team pause. looks great, man. This team looks really great. Just adding way to the mix now. I, you're you're absolutely right. You, there's veteran guys around Rose. There's winners around Rose. I mean, imagine this this locker room is gonna have. LeBron James next to D-Wade, and they're going to look these guys in the eyes and say, look, we've been through this before. We spent, what, four years together. We've been to three finals or whatever it was, you know, three, four finals. We've we've lost. We've won. But here's the deal today. So I, not just on the floor, man. I think in the locker room, just the Wade move is, is incredible. The D-Rose move, incredible veteran guys to balance out with Isaiah um, and the Drake Crowder move. I agree. A hundred percent, a hidden gem, a relief on the defensive end for LeBron, and a perimeter gem for them against the Golden State, and in a totally, Boston, in totally. a Boston too. Let's not forget Boston because Boston's, Boston's fire. Oh man, let's not forget I mean, Boston. Boston, dude. Them getting Gordon, them having like prime Kyrie, uh, you know Horford. They got all those young guns. Um, I say that Mr. Stevenson's, in my opinion, is going to be the next Greg Popovich. Might not win as many titles, but as far as like just, I mean, that guy is a coach. Like he does it. He's a great coach. Shout out to he Brad Stevens. It. He is. I love, I love Brad him. Stevens. I love. I I love everything about him. If I was to go back to the, if I was to go back to the NBA, if I was being the NBA right now, I would play for Brad Stevens. Straight up, I said go back to the NBA. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, I split the NBA. You know, we'll be protesting. But no, uh, <laughs> the NBA. I'm hyped. Uh, the Boston. Cleveland rivalry is going to be popping. And then the West is literally fucking insane. Like, <laughs> like, even the Clippers. I like the Clippers with Beverly, with Gallinari, if he can stay healthy. I'm going to draft Gallinari for, like, the 15th straight year, and he's going to be hurt for all the games for, like, the 15th straight year. But I always draft that guy. I don't know why. Gallo, like, can you please? Like, what the fuck? Did, does he not drink milk? Like, what's wrong with that guy? That guy, he comes into the season hurt, like, every he does. He really single does. year. You know, but shout out to the Nuggets, yeah. though. By the way, Joker, they're, they're they're man, the Joker. That dude's they, an animal. Bro. They're he's they're gonna so be 
pretty they're gonna like be the pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, I like the Nuggets. Um, I agree with the Clippers. I think they they lost Chris Paul, but still kind of recovered a little bit. They'll be kind of middle of the pack out west. Um, and let's not forget, man. I will love to watch the Timberwolves on my league pass this year. They're definitely one of the teams I will be watching. So shout out to the Minnesota Facts. Timberwolves. Um, there's so many young teams. Like I'm so excited. I'm just so excited for like the you know for the season in general. I love all these young teams. Uh, the Timberwolves will definitely be a team that I will watch like all the time. Whenever they're on TV, I'm going to watch the Timberwolves. I'll watch the Timberwolves over over some of these big teams. Like I'm just yeah, I'm absolutely. obsessed with their team. I, obsessed. With I, I think that you know the the whole you know saturated you know the saturation of the NBA. It's like okay, you got all these powerhouses out in the Western Conference, the East Eastern Conferences, and shit type of thing. Okay, I understand that, but you you do have your Philadelphia 76ers out. In the Eastern Conference, a great young Simmons team. is seven feet tall, bro. Did you see that picture? Yes, bro. That is gonna I, be a team to watch. I was in the barber shop today, and I was like, "Trust the process." That Always team's gonna be so trust much fun. the that process. Gonna be so much fun to watch. There's gonna be so many fun young teams that aren't gonna like really win that much, but they're just gonna be cool to watch. And who do, who doesn't want to watch the Greek Freak? Come on now. Exactly, like Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns. You got all those youngsters on that team. You got, uh, you know, like Markel Flutz or Flutz, however the hell you say his name. And you got seven feet tall Ben Simmons who's going to be running like a like a wing. You got, you know, uh, like uh, that other European guy. What's his name? Dario. You got yep, the process yep. who's now hitting. Dude, JaVale McGee is hitting three-pointers. Did you see that? Yes. Yes, I did. Crazy. Indeed. All right, tomorrow that does wrap up um, our little episode here of Views from the Baseline, episode two. Um, any, any quick shout outs, mentions? Uh, you know what? I just want to say, um, shout out to Bay Scott. Um, please pray for my New York Giants. Like we need lots of prayers. Uh, please. I'm praying. I, I waited the whole year for football and I wanted to end already. If we lose this weekend, I just don't know what I'm going to do with my life on Sundays. I just don't know. I'm so like depressed as a football fan. So please shout out to Base God. Base God, if you are listening, please pray for my team. Please pray for Demo. I cannot take another like 0 and 6 start like 2013. I just can't. I can't. I can't. My mentions are on fire right first now. Of, my, like first just of all, please, please. First of all, first of all, I need a rebound game from Jameis Winston. So uh, I'm sorry, sir. You're gonna have to start 0 and 4. So uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it, 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 it sucks. I, I think you guys are going to like straight up, like just all bullshit aside. I can see that. I, I just, I have no hope for us. It's, I have no hope. Yeah. I need but a rebound yeah. game. That was, uh, man, my Sunday was over by third quarter. Ugh. Ugh. Oh yeah. I say it was real. Oh, ugly. I man. Shout out to James Winston though, man. That's my dude. I love, I love, I love my Buccaneers. Uh, yeah. Sundays, Sundays are a little bit hopeful for me. Uh, definitely a little bit better than my NBA side, but, um, yeah, man, I'm excited for this NBA season for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, shout out, shout out to the Giants, man. Hope, please, just you know, just just give us that W for Sunday. Where you're you're down in the Bay, so I'm at the point know. now where if we lose, we got to tank and we got to get Sam Darnold <laughs> or we got to get the Allen kid or we got to get Already, somebody. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, if we start off 0 4, there's no way that we're gonna do anything from That's there. That's right. You guys, we might, the, well, yeah. we, all, we might as well just be smart and tank. Eli's slow and old. We get Sam Darnold. We get the Allen kid. We get Rosen. We get Lamar Jackson. We, you know, we have Eli groom them for a year and then we bring him in because it just it, it's just looking really bad 
and I'm a depressed, depressed, depressed guy. Shout out to uh, Aaron Judge, the only rookie in the history. Oh, yes. The only rookie in the history of baseball. Look, I'm not really, I'm not very keen on the Yankees, but look, man, I saw that today. 50 home, but man, shout out, shout out to Aaron Judge, dude. Shout out to him for sure. Not Barry Lamar Bonds, not Alexander Emmanuel Rodriguez, (laughs) not Derek Sanderson Jeter, not not one, not one human being in the history of the sport has hit 50 home runs as a rookie. Here come the haters. Here come the haters. Test them. Here come the haters. Test them. Test them. You know, I'm I'm very excited for the Yankee future. We're so young. We're not supposed to be in the playoffs this year. We make the playoffs. I'm pumped. I'm so excited. I haven't been this excited for Yankee baseball since 2008 offseason when we got, you know, CC and we got Beckett. Oh, I'm sorry, not Beckett, uh, uh, AJ Burnett, and we won a championship in 09. So I'm extremely excited, extremely excited. Absolutely. Um, last but not least, Mario, I just want to, you know, for everybody listening, you know, we want to give our thoughts, prayers, respects to survivors, anybody who lost family members in these storms. You know, Florida was impacted. Uh, Houston was impacted. The state of Texas. Uh, Puerto Rico was an absolute mess, and we just kind of sit in those regards, man. You know, being in the middle of a hurricane, you know, a couple weeks ago wasn't the greatest thing for the, for, for it to come on the weekend, actually. So Irma fucked up a weekend of a mind, but uh, yeah, new, Dominican, Saint <laughs> Croix, where my family's from, it's crazy. Yeah, it's been crazy. and uh, sometimes look, it, it's 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 too crazy. Uh, just just you know, my thoughts, just being a part of you know, being a Floridian here and having experienced those things, and being lucky not to lose power throughout the entire storm and, and days after. You know, people here went went a week without power. Uh, you know, we would take these things for granted. Of course, you know, we, we they're all safe and sound, but at the same time, it's it's never fun to live in those conditions. And um, you know, we want to just definitely from my you know my perspective, not just beyond you know just beyond the whole protest thing is let's think about these people too, man. They're not going through the greatest times of life. People's homes are flooded. They don't have places to go to work. Um, it's a struggle. It's the recovery process has started. Uh, you know, so thoughts and prayers with those folks. 100%. Much love to everybody. Uh, stay safe. Stay base. Demara, do you want to throw a little uh, preview of uh, what's coming in October? OVO season, baby. My birthday month. But uh, you want to yeah, give man. a little... DemarioJackson.com. Shout out to my team, uh, which consists of Chev and Corey. Shout out to Corey and Jenna. Uh, I- I'm <laughs> blessed. I- I'm literally, I'm like extremely blessed to have you and Corey uh, as like my bros extremely extremely blessed More so life. humble that i have really really talented you know family members fuck friends you guys are family uh you guys have held me down through an extremely dark and weird and awkward time and just to have you guys just as brothers as like teammates as boys as business partners as all that good stuff it's just a very for me like i say every day when people are like oh you've been through this and they want to feel bad for me i'm like actually don't i have great family and friends who've held me down and who are extremely talented uh and i'm just humble like every day i feel like i i don't know i feel like like the older and older i get the more and more i'm humble to really beautiful situations and to be able to call on you and Corey for any and everything uh just thanks that's all i can say is thanks 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 of course man as always like you said family family first keep the family close shout out to drake um that's about it man appreciate you uh joining me tomorrow and we'll be next time Talking some more hoops, hopefully. Uh, shout out to everybody on the NBA side. Shout out to Marcus, Gabe. Gabe, you need to shoot us uh, those fantasy uh, lineups, man. Gabe's been killing on DraftKings, so. Yeah, man, Gabe, let me borrow some money, bro. Let me borrow some money. <laughs> For real, dude. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll, 
Until next time, see you guys once again. It's Views from the Baseline. Hey.